Okay, listeners, my two favorite Mind Body Green supplements are now in a handy little pair. Introducing Glow from the Inside Out Bundle Plus, a beauty bundle with both Mind Body Green's Beauty and Gut Collagen Plus and Cellular Beauty Plus. Considering how much I recommend both of them, I couldn't be more excited. By using these two supplements together, they help you go beyond the surface to protect, hydrate, and rejuvenate your skin. Both Cellular Beauty Plus and Beauty and Gut Collagen Plus help reduce the size of wrinkles and fine lines while encouraging your skin's hydration, elasticity, and smoothness. In combination, these science-backed formulas deliver key antioxidants, skin barrier-supporting actives, and high-quality collagen from grass-fed cows to support glowing skin from within. I take both every day, and I feel comforted knowing that my skin is being taken care of. Visit mindbodygreen/glow and use code BEAUTYPOD to save 20% off your first month when you subscribe to the bundle. Hey everyone, welcome to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Angler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's episode, we have on the famed esthetician, Joanna Vargas. She is known for her world-class treatments and being one of the top estheticians to the stars. But what I love most about her is that she really approaches skincare through a very holistic mindset. You will hear it all throughout the episode, but she really does believe in the mind-body-skin connection. And she has for a very, very long time, making her very ahead of the curve. Let's get into it. Joanna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining. I am such a fan of yours. I am such a fan of your products, of your spa, of you. And I am so excited to hear all of your incredible advice. I know my audience feels the same, but you know, I always like to start these episodes by just allowing myself and the audience to get to know you a little bit better. You know, I I would just love to, to hear more about your journey into the beauty industry. You know, what was that calling to skincare for you? Well, I, I have to say that I've always been a beauty fan Ever since I was a, a little girl, I used to, my grandmother was really into beauty and beauty products. And so I feel like it really started with her, you know, with all of her amazing perfumes and powders and bubble baths. And those would be my favorite presents as a child. You know, I don't think that I knew that this was an actual career until later in life. I moved to New York City to possibly explore photography as a career after going to college. And um, I, I, the beauty industry was a bit of a pivot. I realized that I probably wasn't well suited for like the freelancer's life of a photographer. And so I went to aesthetic school thinking maybe I'll do makeup or something, something that creates the image that we see in a magazine, but, but not be the person taking the photos. And I just honestly fell in love with taking care of people I loved the idea that one-on-one you would come to me and give me, you know, all of your issues or, or tell me your insecurities and I would help you overcome that. And we would be a team working together to get your skin to be the healthiest for you. 
And so that's really what, what I've been passionate about for the past, you know, well over 20 years. Yeah. You know, you are obviously considered a celeb favorite and a beauty editor favorite and all around favorite. So, you know, what was kind of, how did you get your foot in, in the Hollywood door to become, you know, the, the woman you are now? I, you know, I think it's probably, you know, more simple than, than people think. I, I didn't set out to, with the goal of doing actresses or, or being that particular set of people being there. What I did set out to do when I created my salon 16 years ago was to give such a good facial that you had to tell your friends about it, that you had to tell your coworkers about it, that you had to tell your mom about it. And I really built my business through word of mouth. And with that, I had a client who had a yoga instructor that was a yoga instructor to certain actresses. And, um, and she, she got her a facial for Christmas one year and we hit it off. And then she sent me one client and then that person sent me another person and it kind of just grew organically. And it really was about the work and not about me trying to get into the room, so to speak. Sure. What is your beauty philosophy? You know, in a nutshell, I, I think that the thing that strikes me when people first come to see me for their first appointment, a lot of people will say things like, you know, I wasn't born with great skin or it's just not in my DNA, right? And a lot of what I do is teach people about what goes into creating that for you, what what goes into making your skin the healthiest and you know, it's about the right treatments. It's about the right products. It's about how you treat yourself. You know, if, if you're sleeping enough, if you're eating well, all these things that I don't think people real 20 years ago that so much went into creating what we see in the mirror and how much control you have over that. You know, there are certain things that, you know, are DNA related, let's say your skin tone or you know, I tend to get melasma more than probably you do. But, you know, in a nutshell, I think my philosophy is that I'm trying to teach people how to create the healthiest skin for them. I love that answer. And it speaks to a lot of the questions that I have for you today and your well-rounded approach. But, you know, you do talk about skin health and you do talk about how skin health involves so many other aspects of our lives, you know, including wellness. So I, I want to ask, what is your well-being philosophy? Um, you know, that's such a great question. I think particularly it's it's evolved over over time. I I I think that people need to focus on winding down or de-stressing. I think if if the pandemic has maybe given us some takeaways, it's that we we need that in our lives more than we perhaps thought prior to that, where everybody, at least in, in New York and Los Angeles, everybody is very like, go, go, go. What's the next thing or, or pushing themselves. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with pushing yourself. I honestly never would have achieved half of what I have without a drive, but I also believe in sort of, you know, okay, 
that was the day. Now for the evening, what are you going to do to kind of honor yourself, give yourself grace and like ease yourself into a bit of a well kind of journey so that you can sleep better. And part of that is like, if you need to de-stress, maybe that would be a good time to walk your dog or, or just take a walk or go to the gym. Or if the gym isn't your thing, find an activity that brings you joy. So it doesn't feel like another chore or some other kind of you know, stressful addition to your schedule. And if you find something that brings you joy in the evenings, then it'll lead to other, creating other moments, you know, creating that moment in the mirror when you're doing your nighttime routine. Think of something that you love about yourself while you're washing your face at night, instead of sitting there and ripping yourself to shreds about your flaws or things that you, you don't like about yourself. So it's really sort of like a mindfulness of, of what would make you happy. And if if more people spent more time on that and less time trying to, I don't know, focus on the competition or keeping up that you aspire to be more like, I, I think we would all be a lot happier. And and to that end, you know, I think that me coming up in the industry, the beauty industry was very much cookie cutter. Like it, everybody was getting the same facial and everybody you know, especially when I first became an esthetician, it was all about like get a glycolic peel and then, you mm. know, whatever those habits and routines were at that time. And it doesn't work for everybody. You know, not everything is awesome for everybody. And, you know, if one thing doesn't work for you, something else will. And it's sort of finding, you know, the the right path for yourself and being mindful that that you know yourself better than you think. Mm. Wow, I love that last little bit. You know yourself better than you think. I think that's a really beautiful sentiment. Um, and, you know, it, it speaks to something that, you know, we we live in our skins every day. We we tend to know, you know, a little bit, like you said, more than perhaps you realize. I also really try and like teach clients that come in, you know, if something doesn't feel right on your skin, it probably isn't right for you. Don't force it. You know, the body, you know, likes homeostasis, but so does the skin. You know, if, if something feels like, Ooh, that, that doesn't feel right, but I'm going to do it because, you know, you know, person, famous person was talking about it, or this person I admire does it every day. You know, it might not be right for you. Your beauty philosophy and your wellness philosophy, which, you know, you obviously just so beautifully articulated for us, it really speaks to something that's happening in the beauty zeitgeist right now. But you approached beauty this way for, you have approached beauty this way for a long time, certainly ahead of the zeitgeist. And, you know, certainly you were somebody who approached beauty from a holistic standpoint mm -hmm. before it was ever mm -hmm. trendy. So, you know, what was totally. it about, what was it about this approach to beauty that, that spoke to you before anybody else was really doing it? You know, how did it, how did you become so ahead of the curve? You know, I think that at the end of the day, I just wanted to know as much as I could about what in what went into creating that perfect palette that everybody was seeking, right? And you know, kind of at the same time, I I when I was pregnant with my son, I I recall some one of my clients had given me a product. She she was like, it was a hot product. I don't want to say what it is, but it was hot in the moment. And she was like, you, I read about this. If you put this on every day, you won't get stretch marks from being pregnant. And I was like, great, that sounds amazing to me. So I brought it home. 
I opened it up and I didn't look at ingredients or anything like that. And I put it into my hand and I had this really weird bionic smell when I was pregnant with my son. And it just smelled not, it's something smelled wrong. It smelled like chemicals to me, but like, not like, oh, chemicals are bad. It smelled kind of like kerosene, like really, really strong. So I turned it around and looked at it and it was like not safe to be used while pregnant or nursing. And I was like, oh my God, I almost put this weird thing on my body without thinking about it. And it made me take a, a kind of a deeper dive into what I was doing in terms of like, you know, like instead of just being in the moment of like, I'm creating this life. I was so happy that I was pregnant with my son. I'm worried about something you know, like stretch marks, you can't do anything about it if you get them. So it made me be more thoughtful. And then, you know, after I had him and, you know, you're trying to get healthier, lose the baby weight and all this different stuff, I started seeing a nutritionist and she really opened my eyes to this whole world of like, you know, green juicing and and doing things that are better for your digestion. And I realized that we struggle with our digestion when we don't eat things that that our body can can digest properly but you always see it on the skin as a result and that kind mm. of you know started to make me put the pieces together i had a bunch of clients who were struggling with adult acne at that time be it, and they were all in finance and so they didn't sleep much they went out a lot they dr- they were drinking with clients at night and then at their desk at 6 in the morning and you know, again, it was like, okay, you guys, we have to put this together. You have to find time to at least have a green juice every day and help yourself digest everything that you're doing that you can't do anything about. And so it was that kind of journey that led me to really understand that nutrition was at the core of glowing skin, everything that everybody wanted. Yeah. You know, you talk about the clients that you were having these conversations with. How did people react to that conversation? Because it certainly wasn't the typical conversation we were having about skin at that time. Was there pushback? Did people understand? Were you, you know, like, how did people respond? I think that people at first probably thought I was just some kind of crazy hippie. But I, you know, and and in New York City at that time, there was really only a few juice places where you could even purchase a juice. So you had to kind of go out of your way and get it. And then it was kind of like, you know, okay, well, can we order them and have them at your desk for you waiting for lunchtime? Or how can I make it possible? So I kind of became a bit of a health concierge for a moment to get people to just try it. Just trust me. You know, I'll do anything to make you do this. Just have a few sips. And, um, and again, going back to the nutritionist that I was working with, she was like, look, if you don't have time to make a green juice, which is what she wanted me to do, you know, you could drink shots of chlorophyll and it'll be just as good and easier. And it comes in a bottle from your health food store. And so then all my clients were into that. So it was more, not so much pushback on the concept, but pushback on like, I'm not going to go down to the village in the middle of my day to the funky green juice bar to get a green juice. But what could I do instead? So it was kind of like, okay, how do we, how do we put together, you know, in a, how this works for you in your life? Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating to think about that. Like, 
the pushback was truly that they're just like, there weren't the resources available. And now, you know, it's a I know. totally different just landscape. Go to Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. But I think that, you know, the demand increased for that kind of thing. And that's why we see it everywhere because it is healthy. You know, mind you, you still have to be like aware of what goes into everything that you're putting in your body. So, you know, like, for example, if you have a thyroid issue, then drinking a, a green smoothie might not be the best for you because there's something in, you know, greens like kale and spinach that would inhibit your thyroid. So like there's like it, it's an endless, deeper conversation, but that goes to show you that not everything is cookie cutter. Not everything works for everyone and figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. I mean, that glides so well into the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is how do you help people understand their own skin needs? Because, you know, I think people really do like to categorize their skin or self-diagnose mm -hmm. their skin. You know, they have dry skin, they have oily skin, they have acne skin, sensitive skin, X, Y, Z. And I think there's like a natural inclination to do that. Um, but, you know, people they don't always get it right or they don't fully understand, you know, the nuances of their skin all, at all the time. So how do you help people, you know, understand their skin better? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, like, look, of course, to me, all of those categories have been incredibly old school concepts. I mean, everybody still kind of thinks in those terms. And, you know, I've just had to deal with the fact that that I have not revolutionized things so much that <laughs> we can't talk about dry, oily, you know, skin at all times. But, you know, I try to have deeper conversations with clients like, you know, if your skin is breaking out, like what times of the month are they, is your skin really breaking out? Is it, is it just from, you know, that time of the month or is it after the gym or is it, did you introduce something to your skin or do you just touch your face a lot? Does your skin react to everything that you put on your skin? Those are sort of deeper issues, all of which would lead to you thinking that you had acne because you were breaking out. So it's kind of like first teaching people like, you know, I'm not seeing oil in your skin. So there's some other cause. There's nothing here to extract. So you don't have acne. So, mm -hmm. but I see that you're breaking out. Let's try to figure that out. So, so that's, you know, it's sort of like, again, goes back to like a client to be more aware of what the triggers are so that we could kind of get a hold of that. When you work with people or when you, you know, you start working with somebody, a new client, what are the first kind of like baseline steps, advice that you give somebody? Obviously, everyone's going to be different, but you know, is there kind of like a, a foundational level that you try to teach people? I mean, the first step is that we kind of go over what their goals for their skin are and then go over what their skin is doing right now and what how do we get from point A to point B. So I do go over people's routines. Typically, I have found, especially recently, you know, the internet is this wonderful place where we could read anything we want about any ingredient. But like I said, not all ingredients are meant for every single person. So these days I, I find more that people are using, you know, four different types of retinol serum on their skin. And it's like, okay, cool. Why are you doing that? Or, you know, they're using, you know, 
three different acids a week plus retinol and or they're using like too many active ingredients like you know like they're using three different vitamin C's and they're using that with retinol, which kind of they cancel each other out, you know, so people are just kind of confused as to when to use what. And and I certainly did this before I was in, in beauty, you kind of go to the store because you read about something and you buy that thing. And if you do that one time a month, you wind up with like 80 products and not really a way of sorting out what you should use. So we kind of like edit down the routine and build it back up again. I'm not one for like throw away everything and let's start fresh, but let's kind of like take it down to basics for at least a month. Let's just have you wash your face morning at night and night, use a nighttime serum, a daytime serum and a sunscreen. And let's see what your skin, how your skin reacts to that. And then we kind of build in more steps into the routine as we go along. And usually that works pretty well for most people because people are just overusing. You know, on the subject of overusing things, I did want to ask, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make nowadays? I, I, you know, always, 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 I don't think people value enough the cleanse step of their routine. It's sort of a throwaway step. If if you will, like you cleanse for two seconds and you, and then you start putting on all these active ingredients. So, you know, I, and I teach this to the facialists that, that work under me as well. The cleanse is the most important step. Take your time, massage the cleanser in, really work it into every area of your face and neck you are hopefully wearing sunscreen every day. It's going to take a couple of minutes to break it up and get it off of you. I I think people with, you know, all the talk about about acids and and things, people are not exfoliating regularly. You know, they they think using retinol is is somehow exfoliation, which it, it isn't. So skipping exfoliation, not cleansing for long enough, and not like spending enough time massaging product into the skin. Like if you're using, you know, for example, I have a vitamin C serum in my line that's an oil-based, it's squalene and, and vitamin C. Spend a minute massaging your face in the morning, it's going to depuff you, it's going to bring out the glow, and it's going to penetrate the product better. Yeah. I want to ask a very quick question about, or very quick follow-up question about the exfoliation of retinol part. I think you're spot on with what you said. However, I even have trouble with this. I have trouble figuring out when I should be exfoliating and when I should be using retinol and, you know, how to pair those two things together because I do regularly use retinol, but I, I definitely find that if I do too much of both, then I get inflamed and my skin is angry. So how do I balance the two? That's a great question. I mean, the, the simplest solution, it, Again, it depends on your skin type, right? Like if you have more reactive skin and you're using a retinol every single night, then I would say skip retinol one day a week. And in the following morning, that would be when you exfoliate. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime, you should only be exfoliating once a week anyways. In summertime, when you know things are more humid and sticking to you more and you're producing more oil, you want to exfoliate twice a week. So you could skip retinol those the two nights before your exfoliation the next morning. I like exfoliating in the mornings because I think my skin looks extra glowy when I do it. So that's usually my time. But again, for 
somebody who's struggling to fit everything in, you could also, you know, skip retinol Saturday night and then Sunday do like a whole exfoliation and then do a mask after and really have that be like, you know, your Sunday self-care day, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That is what I need to start doing then. <laughs> so <laughs> I, my skin doesn't freak out at me every time I try to do a little bit too much. Even though I am a beauty editor, I still, you know, I sometimes will fall into the trap of doing too much. It's it's hard to pull yourself out of sometimes. <laughs> Look, even estheticians do that. You, you read about something or get excited about something and you're all about it, but it's all about balance. It's, you know, the the skin can self-regulate very easily if you don't overwhelm it. So it's all about finding that balance and not overwhelming it with too much. Yeah. I want to talk about the treatments that you offer at, at your salon. You have always been, again, ahead of the curve. And you always, you know, offer very techniques and treatments with your facials that before, you know, they become more mainstream. So I want to ask you, you know, what sort of trends are you seeing on the horizon in terms of, you know, treatments and in the salon? Well, I, I, I think that in terms of what's coming up in the horizon, I think that the most exciting treatment that I have performed and seen the results of has really been microneedling with radio frequency. Mm. So typically estheticians don't break the skin's barrier. And in, certainly in certain states in the United States, you're not allowed to, but in New York, we are allowed to. And that really remolds the collagen. It corrects damage to the surface of the skin. It really tightens the skin like nothing else. And the creator of that treatment, in fact, would would really like to kind of put to bed the notion that someone would need plastic surgery to to get a lift in in their skin. The collagen building is is unheard of. But then there are non-invasive things that have been around for quite a while that I'm in love with like LED light therapy, which you can get some amazing ones at home, which I highly highly recommend. And that's one of those things that you know, it's completely non-invasive. There are no side effects. There's nothing but good that comes from doing LED, and I love it. Hyperbaric oxygen chambers is something that I just added in to my salon in New York and are coming soon in LA. And that is, again, a completely non-invasive service that, you know, studies have shown it lowers tension and stress, it increases circulation, it reduces inflammation. So you don't have to do invasive things to get great skin. It's still that push and pull of like minimally invasive with things that are non-invasive that I think are like the perfect elements for healthily. Will you explain that last treatment a little bit more? I'm so intrigued. The hyperbaric oxygen? Yes. So basically imagine that you're getting into, it looks like a tube, like you're an astronaut, like it's a a completely round tube, you get closed into it and we pump, it, it pressurizes just like on an airplane. So you could kind of feel your ears popping as we bring you mm -hmm. up to a certain pressure, but we're pumping in pure oxygen. Mm -hmm. So you lay in there and if, if you're doing it with me, you get noise canceling headphones and an iPad so you can watch a Netflix or listen to a podcast or just some music. And you lay in there for an hour 
And I normally fall asleep. It's just instantly de-stressing for me, but it makes your skin glow like nothing else. And, you know, nobody's touching you and you're just breathing in all this incredibly pure oxygen and you look amazing when you're done. But I think most notable for me is also the benefit of de-stressing. So de-stressing is something I talk about a lot in terms of wellness, in terms of skin health. And just in terms of your own happiness. And so to have that be a part of your wellness routine, I think is really important. I mean, I am so intrigued by this. And it actually touches on something that I wanted to talk to you about. You approach your treatments for, for the full body, right? You know, you you yeah. offer lymphatic drainage stuff. So, you know, this is another example of that. And I think it's a very thoughtful approach, but I'm curious, you know, why, why do you do that? And why do you take the full body into account, you know, when you are addressing? You know, I think back when I was a baby esthetician, I, I noticed that people would focus on like their face and maybe their neck, or maybe it was just the face. And then everything below the neck was a forgotten member of the family, so to speak, the neglected child. But I can tell you that, you know, there's no age that you will be that you won't want to feel like you look your best. And and I'm not talking about, you know, looking like someone else, the best for you, right? And the skin is an organ. It covers your whole body. It has a very specific main function, which is to protect you against the outside world. It regulates your temperature. It does all of these wonderful things for you. So it shouldn't be neglected. It shouldn't be the afterthought that you you didn't know existed until you, you know, turned a certain age, so to speak. So exfoliation on the body, lymphatic drainage for the body so that it can help the way that your skin on your face looks. All of these things play a, play a role. And I think the more that we look at the holistic, the entire organ, the better result we'll see when we look in the mirror. I couldn't agree more. Um, and, you know, it is like such a thoughtful approach to skincare and, you know, something that I, I, I think has become more common, but it's certainly, you know, it's, I think that there's still some catch up to do when people talk about the skin on their body or just their body and how their body and their face are connected. So I, I have always really loved your approach and how you address the full body. We talked about a few of your favorite, you know, tools and techniques, LED being one. And, but, you know, I want to talk about your facials just from start to finish. You know, how do you craft a facial? Because you have the most famous facials around, you know? So how do you (laughs) develop one? I'm so curious of how that even, like, what goes into it. That's such a great question. Nobody ever asks me that. I think to start with, I, I usually, you know, I usually see an issue. And it'll be like something that it's hitting me over the head. Like, you know, I'll have like 20 clients in a row that have the same issue with their skin. For example, one year I have a facial called the Supernova Facial. And one year, one award season, I just kept on seeing actress after actress that had like kind of just super dehydrated, really stressed, tired skin because of the weather that year. And there was just a lot going on. and. 
I thought, you know, I'm not quite addressing this the way I want to. And so I created a facial that addressed hydration in a new way. So it was, you know, exfoliation with an aqueous solution instead of the diamond peel that I normally do because it infuses, you know, hydration into the skin, you know, then I wanted to do a multi-layer mask that infused the skin again with lots of hydration and peptides, but I still wanted to depuff and lift. So I put some microcurrent. So it's just kind of like crafting like all the steps that would be like, okay, you're finished. You're ready to walk the red carpet. And when I bring in technologies, like let's say the microneedling with radio frequency, I often test things out on myself and see, okay, what's going to yield the best result for the client. So we're doing this controlled damage by inserting needles into the skin, but I'm still a spa. These are still spa treatments. So what can I do now to calm down all that inflammation I just created? So I'm sending you back out into the world, beautiful and perfect. And so using my twilight mask after the controlled damage really reduced the inflammation immediately and, you know, gave some epidermal growth factor to all of the channels we just opened. So it's just kind of like seeing what bring the skin up to a stress point and then bringing it down again so that you can walk out kind of looking perfect and beautiful. Well, now I have to ask what are you seeing in your clients? You know, you, you mentioned that trends start to pop up, you know, whatever's happening is contributing to it. Are you seeing anything right now that is making you going, wow, hmm, maybe I need to look into something to address this or X, Y, Z? I think, you know, for my, for my own salons, we have really seen an uptrend in people needing more massage. So I do have a ton of technologies in every facial, but I also include a lot of massage. So you're never going to come to my salon and just have a machine put on your face the whole time with nothing, no human touch. And I think, um, especially post pandemic era, people just wanted the human touch again and to feel like loving hands holding their face and you know, digging into those muscles and de-stressing and making people feel whole again. So that's really what the trend has been in the past, let's say, year. And so I think we're leaning into that a bit more. And I'm going to expand some of my classic treatments to include, you know, I'm certified in lymphatic drainage massage for the face and neck. So things that include more, more touch, more of that human guiding the depuffing instead of just using a machine to do it only is what I'm seeing as the wave of the future, so to speak, being a little bit more analog. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that really does speak to something that's happening in the beauty space right now. You know, people are really looking to their beauty people to offer a sense of connection and community. I remember Mm -hmm. when I first got my hair, my first hair appointment after the pandemic, my hairstylist gave me a scalp massage. And I remember like it made me so emotional because it was just felt so nice to have somebody spend a few minutes, you know, touching my scalp. And I, I always remember that as just such an example of the importance of, you know, having a little like beauty community that can be there and, you know, offer those, those touching moments. I think that's really beautiful. 
So I want to ask about your favorite ingredients. Let's start with your favorite ingredients for hydrating the skin. For hydration, I think, you know, there's two answers to that. Like obviously, classically speaking, hyaluronic acid is great. You know, moisturizers that have shea and cocoa butter are great because they go into the skin so well. But also for hydration, I would say I love a good oil-based serum for the skin because oils hold hydration to the skin better. So typically speaking, if you just put on a, you know, sort of a gel serum, like a hyaluronic acid serum, you could still feel the evaporation of your skin throughout the workday. So like by four o'clock, you feel like you look tired or you know, I thought I looked good this morning and now I'm looking at the mirror and I feel like I have more wrinkles. And really you're just experiencing that loss of mm-hmm. moisture from your skin. So if you're using an oil-based serum on the skin, your skin's going to hold on to moisture better and you're going to feel like you're hanging on to your glow a bit longer in the day. Okay. What are your favorite ingredients for treating acne or blemish prone people? So retinol is actually a bit of a go-to for me. Most people, I don't know if if people would think of a retinol for acneic skin, but retinol does help to reduce inflammation. It helps to cycle through breakouts a little bit faster and easier, and it helps to prevent future breakouts. So that's something that I would definitely be mindful of. Also using a cleanser with, let's say, salicylic acid is great because that's also typically known to help reduce inflammation and it also keeps your pores cleaner. Really with people with acneic skin, I also ask them to be more mindful about using towels on their faces. If you have breakouts on your skin and you're using a bath towel, to dry your skin after the shower, you could be just redepositing bacteria on your face over and over again. So I would stay away from using reusing towels and things on the skin. So if you use makeup brushes or a beauty blender, any of those types of thing, having those things be really cleaned after every use is very important. And then, you know, I have a serum that has chlorophyll and oat grass juice and lots of greens in it. I like greens for acneic skin because greens help stimulate the lymphatic system. And typically speaking, when you have acne, your lymphatic system is having a challenge with carrying away waste and bringing in fresh nutrients. So you want to do something that's not massaging the breakouts, but something Mm. that would help stimulate your lymphatic system in a different way. Okay. I like that like that tip a lot. What are your favorite ingredients or tips for aging skin? Well, I mean, like, I mean, this, the smarty pants answer is that we're all aging, right? So, but I, like, I know what you mean. Somebody my age, I'm 52. So I'll, I'll, I'll say my age and upward or forties and upward. I, you know, I would definitely encourage people to use retinol. I would step into the retinol if you've never used one before. Start with once a week and see how your skin does and, you know, do that for two weeks, then twice a week and really step into it. Don't launch into out of the blue a seven day a week retinol usage because your skin may or may not be able to handle that. I would definitely use, um, 
some sort of antioxidant-based serum for daytime underneath moisturizer and underneath your sunscreen because antioxidants typically help protect the skin against sun damage and pollution damage, which is all what, you know, wrinkles and pigment and, you know, all of that stuff is caused by. And antioxidants are also really great for lowering the skin's inflammation factor. Inflammation is the pre precursor to aging. So anything that you can do to reduce inflammation by your routine is, is really important. So I too use a salicylic acid cleanser to remove my makeup and to remove the sunscreen from the day because it, it helps get the, the impurities off your skin. It reduces inflammation, keeps my cell turnover nice so that when I go to apply my retinol for nighttime, I, I am u doing so on a clean yeah. The final category I wanted to ask about is sensitive skin. I, I, I consider myself to have somewhat sensitive skin, not super sensitive skin, but enough that, uh, you know, I, I have to be very mindful of what I'm putting on myself. And I know a lot of our audience tends to have sensitive skin or sensitized skin somewhere in that vein. So I, I, I regularly get questions about this. So anything you have for us? Absolutely. So I would... I would really try to use a gentle cleanser. I would still wash the face night and day. You want to wash off your nighttime products in the morning. You want to wash the day off your face at night. So even when you have sensitized skin, if you use a gentle cleanser, let's say a cream cleanser, oil-based cleanser, something that's soothing for the skin, I would recommend that. I would definitely use an oil-based serum with antioxidants for night and day. Also, because oil-based serums tend to be anti-inflammatory. And again, you want things that soothe and reduce inflammation and reduce the level of reactivity that your skin is experiencing. And, you know, something like products that contain stem cells or epidermal growth factor that can also be super soothing and calming and healing for the skin. So all of those kinds of things I would I would look to include in my regimen for sure. And then I would really be mindful about what products you are using. Like, let's say if you're using a retinol, maybe only use it once a week. There's, there are many studies that show using retinol even just once a week, you reap a million benefits from it. So even if you can't, if your skin cannot take a nightly retinol, that doesn't mean that you're out of the game. And then the other nights yeah. use an epidermal growth factor or a stem cell on your skin for nighttime, something that's like calming and soothing and healing for the skin. And I would just also just be careful with exfoliation. If you have reactive, sensitized skin, then maybe you only exfoliate once a week and you use something that is more calming for the skin. Mandelic acid is a great acid for people with sensitive skin to use because it's a natural anti-inflammatory. And typically it's less harsh than say a glycolic. Lactic acid is another one that's typically more easily experienced by somebody with sensitive skin than who just do anything to their face. So, yeah. Well, the last section that I always ask is what do you do for yourself? What is your skincare routine? So my skincare routine is, I guess, a, a slightly more involved. I am 52 years old. So I wash my face in the evening when I get home from work. I put on a retinol serum 
And then I, which is my supernova serum. And then I follow with my Eden moisturizer, which is a stem cell moisturizer. I feel like I need a lot of moisture at night because my skin is typically on the dry side. During the day, I wash my face with my salicylic acid cleanser, my vitamin C face wash. I follow with my Eden serum, which is a stem cell serum, my rejuvenating serum, which is an oil-based serum to hold moisture in my face, and my Eden cream. So I, I like a lot of juicy moisture in my skin, and then I always wear sunscreen. Right now, the sunscreen that I'm in love with is by a brand, I think it's pronounced SuQ. It's S-U-Q-Q-U. It's a Japanese brand. They have an SPF 50 for the face, which I'm obsessed with. For somebody who is very prone to melasma, that one is really the only one that works for me right now. So I, I wear that every day. And then I never go outside without a hat on because I just try to do whatever I can to protect my skin from the direct sun because I always get you know, brown spots from it. So it's, it's a, a, a daily challenge. What treatments do you like? The queen of facials. <laughs> <laughs> For my own skin, I really, I always do once a month, my twilight facial, which is the microneedling with radio frequency facial. I do that monthly. And then I always do a triple crown in between because mm. it's really exfoliating it's depuffing and lifting, and it makes you just look incredible and very glowy. I also do, usually once a week, I'll go in the LED light bed that I have in my salon, which, you know, I'm, I'm the patent holder. I, I created that bed. And then I do once a week an oxygen, hyperbaric oxygen treatment as well. My latest obsession lately has been, have you ever tried the M-Sculpt Neo? So I have it, you know but I've heard is? good things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh but God. explain it for it's the funny. listeners who may not know. So M-Sculpt Neo is something for the body that we do in New York. It basically uses electromagnetic energy plus radio frequency. So radio frequency by itself, for anybody who doesn't know, does two things for the skin. It's, it's electricity. Radio waves is a type of electric current plus heat. It it pushes back together your collagen fibers because they spread as you get older and it increases collagen production depending on how often you do it. it. If you do it once a week for an eight week session, it can increase collagen production by up to like, I think it's like 18%, which is miracle level oxygen. I mean, uh, collagen creation. When you combine that with the M-Sculpt, which is electromagnetic energy, M-Sculpt by itself or classic M-Sculpt, you would put this paddle on a, a problem area on your body and the electric current makes it feel very intense. Like you're doing, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of exercise in that spot. So if you do your tummy, you do a half hour session, it's like 20,000 crunches in a half yeah. hour. So that combined with the radio frequency, which is the tightening of the skin, really is amazing. So it's something that is sort of new to the salon, which I've been doing for myself the last few weeks, which has been like a nice boost in my confidence. Yeah. I know I've heard really, really incredible things just from other editors who have tried it, you know, and they say the results are quite good. 
Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's FDA approved. So, you know, they have a lot of studies that show the results and it's quite incredible. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear. Well, you know, we believe everything is skincare and I, I, it sounds like you would also fall into that camp, you know, from how much you sleep to what you eat, et cetera, et cetera. So what are your well-being must-haves? So I think must-haves for, for general well-being would be a good sleep routine and a good movement routine. So I say movement as opposed to exercise, just because I think people freak out with the word exercise now, but it could be like, you know, a really long walk at night. It could be just whatever brings you joy, a yoga class in the evenings after work, something that brings you joy, but also de-stresses you and gets the body flowing. That is very important for your sleep. It's very important for your skin. It's a good investment. Making time for that, you know, five minutes at night and five minutes in the morning where you really wash your face, think good things about yourself and put on, you know, a, a serum and, and a cream, depending on what, where you are in your routine. A sunscreen is a must have, a hat, <clears throat> excuse me, a hat is a must have. And then, you know, kind of like building out a lifestyle where you are treating yourself as you deserve is, is really mm. my philosophy. And I think if you if you do that really and thoughtfully, you will look in the mirror and see what you want to see at the end of the day. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. This was so lovely to have this conversation and, you know, hear all of your incredible advice and hear about some exciting treatments that, that you know, you offer and that folks at home can kind of look into on their own. So thank you so, so much for joining me today. I so, so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. I was delightful to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time. 